every summer in Chicago. The sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstalk. Also, but I mean, with everything going on with NBA playoffs and how the NHL playoffs are going, Battle of Alberta, Battle of Florida, the MLB season is on fire. Both Chicago teams kind of stink, but we'll get into that in a little bit. I wanted to bring on somebody who could talk about all of that. It is somebody who has just been one of the more prominent figures on the Barroom Network for a while now. Somebody that is a Chicago radio legend. Everybody in town knows this guy. If you like sports, you know about Mike North. Mike North, welcome to the show. It's Hey, it's great to finally get on with you, Vinny. You know? I mean, look at you. You probably shaved twice today already. You know what uh, I mean? Three times. You got a two, a 2 o'clock shadow, a 4 o'clock shadow, and then the 5 o'clock shadow. It's great to talk to you. It's great to be on the court, the bar room. I love the bar room. Just talked to Aldo Gandia earlier. God bless him. So you know what? Talking all sorts of stuff that's going on in uh, in the world of sports, keeping keeping everybody busy, my friend. Absolutely. I shaved at 7 a.m., 11 a.m. I keep the mustache, though, to keep things interesting. Oh, yeah. So before you get into all the whole sports thing, I want to talk about you for a little bit. I'm a big Mike Mike right. fan. I love the radio. I listen to the score. I listen to ESPN 1000 every single day. I had your boy Carmen DeFalco on the radio on my way to my dentist appointment earlier. Him and uh, Yurko were chopping it up about how bad the White Sox offense is, but we'll get to that in a little bit. The first thing that I like learned about you a while back when I first started listening to the Mike North Advantage here on the Barroom Network, of course, you owned a hot dog shop early on. Yeah. I, I love some hot dogs. Oh, oh, three of them. Can, can you get into that a little bit? Yeah. I mean uh... – I was working for the park district and uh, my wife was working uh, at a, at a local company and she was uh, like the head caterer and she ran the cafeteria. She ran uh, for Sears on Holman Avenue. My wife, back when she was in her twenties, she was running like a hundred person uh, type of deal. Sears on Holman Avenue used to be like this big, tall five, six story thing where the warehouse was and everything else. Then she went to work for Rustolium, and I was still working for the Park District, and I was just landscaping, picking paper, you know, tossing garbage, not, no, you know, I was a high school dropout, and I came home one day, and I told my wife, man, it doesn't look good, you know, things ain't breaking, things ain't breaking, you know, I mean, I'm happy I got a job with the city and stuff like that, don't get me wrong, but is this what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, and my wife we had both worked, I had worked at Jack in the Box, for God's sake. It used to be, they had Jack in the Box here back when I was a kid, over on Ridge and Clark. I worked at delis. I was a paper boy. I did all sorts of jobs. And uh, my wife worked on Sheridan Road when she was like 18, 19 years old, right there where they had Huey's and three, four music venues, bars with music venues, at a place called Happy Harry's. And my wife was a very popular lady, especially at 2 o'clock in the morning with the Loyola students when the venues would close because all these bars were about a block away from Loyola, where she went. 
And uh, she said, why don't we open up a hot dog stand? I said, I don't know that much about that. And she says, well, I think we can do it. Like she always says. And uh, we opened up our first. We bought it at a bankruptcy sale. And then we sold it like three years later for like a, we bought it literally for five thousand dollars back in nineteen seventy six, and we sold it like for three years later at three for thirty five grand. Then wow. we bought another one. We were going to do the same thing. We did the same thing. We bought a stand for sixteen. We sold it for forty five thousand. We were going to do that for the rest of our lives. I said this is okay, but then we found this nugget, and we couldn't sell it. It just was a moneymaker for us. I had a poker machine in there on top of everything else. We were by Shures High School, factories all up and down the street. It was a, we converted a car wash. We did that for eight years. And, uh, but I had a hot dog stand at Northwestern, at Dyke, uh, which was then Dyke Stadium back in the late 60s, early 70s. <clears throat> so I worked there. I also worked at Soldier Field. I was a vendor. So I was involved with hot dogs. Hell, since I was 16, 17 years old, Vinny. Wow, that's insane. I, I didn't know the extent of that story. I mean, I knew you had to stand. The fact that you were doing all that, that's insane. I love me a good Chicago style. There's oh, nothing God. better. You know what I used to do when I sold the joints? I'd get some guys like you when I knew this, when people wanted to come by to buy my joints. I'd get some guys like you and we had a buddy named Mushroom. He weighed about 300 pounds. You know, these people would come in. Not that they didn't monitor outside. We had a good enough business. But they'd come in like at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'd have like seven, eight people sitting in the joint. You know, awesome. And that would just help sell the joint. You can't sell a hot dog stand with no people. Yeah. That, you can't sell anything with no people in the retail business. So unless, unless of course, you own a major league franchise of some type. Yeah. And so when you're running all these hot dog franchises, did you know in that moment that sports and covering sports and potentially radio, I know the radio wasn't – what it is today, but did you know that that's the path you wanted to eventually go down or did that just kind of come no. out of nowhere? No, that came out of nowhere. I mean, I, I knew my sports. I mean, from the time I was nine, 10 years old, I mean, I would debate sports on the three corners, Glenwood, Thorndale, and, you know, my buddies, we'd go back and forth. Who's better, Santa or Melton? Who's better, Richie Allen? Or Ernie Banks, you know, and this all this nonsense. And, you know, I remember a guy telling me, and sometimes we'd get in arguments with people, other people that, you know, other guys from the neighborhood or debates. I remember a guy telling me, you think you know everything. I go, what's the problem with that now? What do you think is the problem with that? I said, I do. Call me, call me on something. Call me on something I, you think I might be wrong yet. If it's an opinion, you're, you're entitled to it. But if you want to debate fact, you know, um, and that was in the heart of the Bill Melton, Ron Santo type of situation and just stuff like that. So arguing sports, debating sports has always been in my blood, but I was mopping the floor one night, literally at my hot dog stand and I'm listening to the chat topic and he's burying, I think it was, I'd like to say it was Tim McCarver at the time about something. And then. Like two weeks later, I'm mopping the floor again, and I could mop a floor. Oh. <laughs> That's one of the reasons Elder wanted me with barroom. Hell of a mopping guy can mop a floor, <laughs> and and 
he had McCarver on or somebody, and he was kissing his butt. And I said to B, that's the problem. Because me and BB work to stand together 16 hours a day. I go, that's the problem. She goes, what's the problem? I said, the problem is you don't kiss the guy's ass after you buried the guy. I said, yeah, that's why sports talk in Chicago at that time I thought was vanilla. And so that's why I decided to broker time. Do what we all do now is podcasting. But at that time, you had the broker radio time was like $200 for the hour. And then they threw in a producer, but I hired one who I ended up, Tim, uh, Tom Couch. Tommy, I hope you're out there listening. Love you, brother. Put together a first-rate show for me. Then I had it listed in the Sun-Times, and I was on uh, 1240 WSBC. I was wedged in between the Father Justin Rosary Hour in Buffalo. Yeah, I had a handicap show right after a priest show. You know what I mean? Um, and, and then Danny Cahill, a friend of mine in the Sun-Times listed it for me and I started getting the following and then, uh, the rest is history. What can I tell you? That's awesome. Uh, yeah. that, that's really cool. I mean, it was so right into it. That, that's awesome. And yeah. so when you're doing all this, you're getting into sports, you're wearing the bear shirt. I hear you talk football. We'll get into that. I'm sure a little later too, but was baseball your first love? <clears throat> Danny Lee, as far as playing, it was the whatever season. Yeah, and I'm sure. not bragging. I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but I could play football, baseball, and basketball. Equally yeah. all good. I sucked at hockey. I didn't even play hockey. I played floor hockey. I was okay. Okay. I was a lousy golfer. I'm not here to toot my own horn, but the other three. But the thing I was good at was I loved all the sports and reading about them. And... I mean, I read legendary guys, you know, and I read guys. I read Terry Boris. I read uh, Rick Talley. Um, all the all the great ones, Warren Brown, um, Joe Muschel, Bill Jouse. I mean, I basically soaked all the stuff in. The only thing I loved in my life, well, I love TV. I love entertainment. I love laughing. I love being the class clown, but I love sports. That's my first love, man. Before anything, when I couldn't do anything else right, I could get on a street corner with somebody or at the hot dog stand and give them, give me all you got because you're going down. Because when you're debating, it's about not only making points, but you want to win that debate. I know people now just say, socks. Nowadays, it's just like generic. You know, people go, hey, this guy's going to be good. Why? Because I say he's going to be good. That's why, you know, we used to have reasons behind why you think this guy's going to be good, why this guy's going to be bad. But to make a long story short, Danny Lee gave me the compliment of my life when we interviewed him for about three hours. And he said, the thing I never had to worry about you. He never told me this. You didn't have an off season. Off every, no matter what month you were on, it didn't matter what the sport was. And I took that one of the last things he ever said to me, cause he's gone now, the man who made my life. But, uh, I took that to heart. I really did. I appreciate that story, Mike. That's something that made me attracted to you as a fan. It reminds me of myself. I love sports yep. to that degree and I'm doing every sport I possibly can, you know, 
there's no end. I love it all. I love competition. And to me, debating right. about sports, it kind of feeds into the competition that just flows through my veins. So I like yeah, hearing I it. didn't. I never got in an argument to lose. Yeah, or no. debate. Never. Absolutely I've never not. been in one. And 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 luckily, I've been right uh, about some since I've been on the radio. I mean, we could talk about even now, you know, uh, classes out on certain things. But when we talk about whatever sport, you know, uh, you could talk to Eldo, who's I love, because uh, I saw this barroom nonsense. I don't know how many years I've been with barroom now. Out of all the stuff that was on the on Twitter, I said, "Damn, I like this barroom guy." And Eldo looked like a hitman from Ecuador. He had the sunglasses, you know. With the, I go, who is this guy? I go, I like this guy, you know. At the time, he had that on his profile. He looked very menacing, but he's the nicest guy in the world. Um, but when you look at, you better have reasoning behind things. I don't see reasoning behind people liking this guy, that guy, this team, that team. Oh, don't worry. Our next third baseman's going to be great. A lot of hope comes into a lot of the debate now. And I don't go on hope. I try to jump out just like I did with the White Sox. And I'm going to frequent Eldo because he's been on every show with me together since we've been doing this. I never was a Grandel guy. I've never been a Grandel guy. Now, McCann's hurt. He's off the shelf with the Mets. But I just thought, not because of Grandel, that $70 million was unnecessary at the time. I said, you got enough good bats in the lineup. Let's... Let's get a guy who knows how to catch. Then I hear he's a good framer, all this crap. All I know is Reese McGuire can't hit, and he's catching a lot. Because the pitchers liked McCann, and they like McGuire because of less problems as far as defensively. So now you got a team, and I heard today, because Eldo always says, do you ever prepare? Do you ever prepare? I go, yes, I prepare. I was watching the game earlier, and, and Gordon Beckham uh, said something that was very good. He said the Sox are built for the big shots. And if there's no big shots, guys, we're going through what we're going through right now. Period. End of story. I see Eloy. I mean, who had Eloy? What, one homer? I mean, you know, we have injuries, but the other guys aren't hitting the ball. So... I found that amazing because now that the game, and don't tell me Rick Hans late again, now the game's switching where they're, I saw the Red Sox about a week ago bunt with men on first and second, nobody out and moved the runners. Now everybody's starting to play small ball, and we got nothing but lumberjacks, Vinny, lumberjacks in that lineup for the most part. So we'll see what happens. Luckily, we're in a lucky, uh, we're in an easy division. Because if we were in the other two divisions, we'd be five, six games out already. Yeah, and they have a chance to come back in the AL Central. It wouldn't shock me at all if they do yep. because I I don't trust the Twins. Their pitchers are going down. The Tigers are dead already as far as I'm concerned, and they were supposed to be that surprise team. I wrote for Fansided.com that the Tigers were actually the team. Uh, I was wrong about that. I'll fully put my hand up on that. But the White Sox, like you said, do you think there's merit to – 
there are people out there that believe the baseballs were juiced and now they're not anymore and teams are starting to adjust. You brought up the Red Sox starting to play small ball. Is it time for the White Sox to start doing that until it's clear that the baseballs are different again? What's your take on that? I think they're always going to stay this way for the year. I don't think they're going back to the way they were. There were high scores the other night, and then yesterday the scores were a little bit lower again. But the other night there were some big-time scores, a lot of double-digit scores. Uh, But I'm seeing now you don't hear about launch level as much. You still hear about the nonsense with exit velocity. Um, I think hitters are trying to figure out now, guess what? A 210 average doesn't look attractive when the ball's not going out of the park. I think that baseball got out of hand. The balls were too lively. And ordinary hitters were putting up extraordinary numbers. And baseball wasn't designed for that. Now we're back. I mean, now we're seeing two to nothing games. Three, And then you see who's shining above them all. You know what I mean? Uh, but the White Sox, I mean, they should still be hitting better than they're hitting. Um, I don't blame short spring training. Um, I know they're checking the mitts. I don't, for the pitchers, I don't know how hard they're checking. Pitchers are ahead of the hitters right now, but it's good to see four to two ball games, five to four, three to nothing. I don't have a problem with that. I really don't, but that's bad for the White Sox because they're built from Moncada to Eloy to Sheets. They're built to Robert, bang, they're built for that. And right now you need grounders up the middle, hits to the other side. And it's only going to get worse when they when they go back to playing, I think. I think it might get better for the hitters when they go back and take away the shift, which I've wanted, gone. Um, but when they take away the shift, it might get better. But right now, if you're asking me, do I think the White Sox are, have any hope of winning anything this year? They might win the division but I have no hope for them to go far. I really don't if they do. Yeah, I don't I don't really either. And part of the reason I don't, I was going to ask this a little later, but I think it's the perfect time to ask it now. Have you caught any New York Yankees baseball? I know they just came through town and kind of dismantled the White Sox a little bit. You've seen a lot of Yankee teams in your life. They've been good. They've, they, they had that one little lull, but they never went under 500 during that little lull when they traded Chapman and Andrew Miller and Dellen Batances and all those guys. This is one of the best Yankee teams I've ever seen, at least through May. I know it's May. Everybody says, oh, Vinny, it's May. Oh, Mike, it's May. What are we getting all? Well, we have 40 games under our belt now. That's, that's what, a quarter of the season? I mean, we're starting to see what's going on here. What do you, Is this the best Yankee team ever? How bad are the White Sox in trouble? And the Cubs play them this year, too. Well, I want you to know. I want you to know. And I know I look good, but goddamn, that Mike looks young. He really does. But... I remember the 60s teams. I collected baseball cards when Mickey Mantle was a kid. So those teams were legendary. But they had good pitching, not outstanding, just like this Yankee team. I'm okay with their pitchers. But they pick up the baseball, this team. Their pitching has been good. They're stealing bases. They made beating the White Sox and winning that series easy. Stanton is healthy. He hardly hits the ball, and the ball flies out of the ballpark. So that's who I measure the White Sox against, one of the teams. Now, as far as other teams, you brought up Detroit, and I would say this to anybody. If you know anything about baseball, well, if you don't, you're getting an education today. 
because the manager of the Chicago White Sox is taking some heat for some reason because of lack of performance by major league players. Now, you could pick on a lineup or two. You could say, I mean, I heard somebody say, Gavin Sheets should have batted yesterday. If that's where we're at right now, Gavin Sheets should have batted later on in the game, they were in big trouble anyway, okay? But I want to remember the White Sox fans who might be on par right now at a low rating with their fans, okay? I like to put you all in one room here and then see who, you know, have a spelling bee and everybody gets beat on the first round. You know what I mean? Because that's where I think we're at right now. Does anybody realize, and I bet the under Tigers, and I'm going to win that 78 and a half, that 75% of you geniuses out there wanted A.J. Hinch as a, as the manager of the White Sox over Tony La Russa. Please tell me that's not true. But it is. I saw it with my own eyes. There's no comparison. And you wanted a guy who's dishonest as far as fixing baseball games. So the White Sox fan base, to me, I look at it on TV and I go, the dregs. The dregs. Not all. But you want A.J. Hinch. I'm watching him. They're more boring than the White Sox are. And the White Sox are boring. But at least Tony puts the runners in motion. At least he tries to do some things with the lineup. I mean, everybody's going, how come this guy's batting here? How come this? Has anybody looked at the batting averages? There's two guys hitting worth a damn. Okay? Tim Anderson, who just I watched just now, boot a backhand. And they gave the guy from Kansas City a hit. Otherwise, he would have was another error. You know, I got to say this. Tim Anderson can shoot his mouth off all he wants. He can give the fans the finger all he wants. He's not that popular with me. Here's what I'll tell Tim Anderson. Louis Aparicio never said a, He never said shit. He just played shortstop at a high level. I don't even know what his voice sounded like. He would be on the leadoff man every so often. He didn't give the fans the finger. You know, so just be play your game, concentrate, quit trying to be the rebel. I know what that's like. But my God, learn to pick up the baseball. People aren't criticizing you. You get a pretty good ride in here because you're a hell of a hitter. Great hitter. Well, I was just going to ask you. You, you obviously respect him as a hitter. Oh, yeah. And if your shortstop can't field, you're dead. You're dead. If your shortstop of all the fielders in baseball over center field, if you got a shortstop who's involved in so many plays from cutoffs to double plays to being the captain of the infield, if you if you got a shortstop that can't field, you're not winning. You're not winning for the most part. He cleaned up his game last year, though, defensively. I think there's no doubt about that. Tim Anderson, at the shortstop position last year, he made his plays. I think he, he already has more errors right now than he did all of last year. So does Mike North does Mike North have hope that he could get back to that? I mean, you don't forget yeah. how to play the game. Well, nobody forgets how to play the game that's in the major league level, but he should not have 10 errors. No. I mean, no. you know what? I, we go backwards on this, Vinny. I know you're justifying because he had one good year. Don't forget the years he had before that. Yeah. So was last year like uh, one of those once-in-a-lifetime years? An anomaly? Uh, you hope not. He's got to pick up the baseball. I remember the Cubs hit Sean Dunstan. Loved the guy. But I always thought him playing short, and I don't put Timmy in his class. 
I always thought him playing shortstop put too much heat on him. I thought he was like Timmy, more of a hitter. I said he should play the outfield. Well, he got mad at me. I go, you got to play center. I go, why can Robin Yonko from shortstop to center and you can't? That That's that's the mystery of my lifetime, I, I tell him. That's how I used to interview him. Tell me that. How come this guy can go there, but you can't? Well, years later, I'm interviewing him, and he's on the Giants. And he's in Chicago. And he goes, Mike, I got to tell you, you remember that interview we did when I was with the Cubs? I go, yeah. I should have listened to you. That was a guy that understood what I was trying to tell him. You'd be better in center. Your arm is a rocket. You'd chase down balls to the alley. And when he said that to me, I go, here's a stand-up guy. Because a lot of times you tell athletes they should do something. They don't listen. And they won't, you know, say you were right. Not that you need that. But he volunteered it. So, you know, that was gratifying. But that that's what we need Tim Anderson to do. Pick up the baseball and then hit 300. Can the Cubs win with David Ross? Boy. I like they're playing sounder baseball, but they're playing unsounder teams. You know, they're playing Pittsburgh now, Arizona. But, hey, we played. they played the Dodgers. They got, you know, I think they played San Diego good on the road. Sure did. I was critical of Ross when, uh, I think about a week and a half, two weeks ago, Gomes was up. Bags loaded. We need a run. Seventh inning. Two out. 2-0. You put the take sign on. You're Jan Gomes. You're hitting 212. Yeah. He swings, pops up the second. I'm like this. I go like this. I go, that's on Ross. That's on the bench coaches. You can't let a 212 hitter decide that he's going to swing the baseball bat there. You can't. You got to be a so but since that time, I'm pretty I'm pretty good with what he's been doing. I'm watching both teams. LaRusa's superficial bullshit, you know. He's not batting the guy here. You know, Adam, I mean, the guy, Andrew Vaughn, should be batting higher and, you know, all this crap. Just wherever you bat, you only bat it once. I mean, I let off when I played, okay, which meant other innings. I With bags loaded, I'm coming up with two yeah. outs. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd rather have other guys, okay, than me. I was a punching Judy hitter. And sometimes it'd work out, but most of the time it, it wouldn't if that happened. I'm just being honest. You're bad in different orders. Everybody makes a deal, a big deal. I know that you want guys to bat more often, but how many White Sox do you want to see bat more often besides besides Tim and, and, and Robert, who's hitting about 280? Well, I think a lot of people think Vaughn is in that category, at least from the way he started the season. But he doesn't play every day. Yeah. That's a little mystifying yeah. to me. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if he's got a home. I Here's when I talk about that, a position. I like him. I, I mean, I watch Jake Berger. I like Jake Berger, you know, but I watch him and I'm going, whatever happens, he's going to be a detriment with the glove. Not that he don't want to play, man. I like him. I respect the guy that goes to third base, Yep. you know, or second base. Vaughn. Vaughn was not supposed to be this good in the field, then he wasn't. So I respect these guys, but you know what I'm almost liking La Russa to do? Find a lineup. Stick with that same lineup. 
That's where I'm for at. the next month. Yep. For the next month. Don't move one guy. I don't care if it's lefty, righty, righty, lefty. Give these guys where they don't have to look over their shoulder to see. And then their heart sinks if they're not in the lineup. Or some of their heart sinks because they're egotistical enough to think they should be batting higher. I'd like Larusa to say, I'm going with these eight for the next month. That's Other people exactly. are going to get an opportunity if there's an injury or what have you. But if you want more opportunity, you better outplay these guys. Then you got a competition with within the club, okay? Um, and then I think you might see some. I think, Tony, if I had a criticism of him, you brought it up a little bit, is there is a little bit too much movement moving around in the lineup. And I think, you know, one, if you don't have a set lineup, you don't have a set team, in my, in my opinion, for the most part. Uh, that's exactly where I'm at. That's my biggest criticism of Tony is the lineups. I mean, Vaughn's batting seventh today. He was batting ninth yesterday. Leary Garcia and Adam Engel are hitting ahead of him. I, I'd rather see Vaughn come up seventh if Abreu or Grandal draw a walk or get a base hit. You look at the New York Yankees, one through five, every single day, except for maybe that one day where someone gets a rest, every single day, LeMahieu, Rizzo, Judge, Stanton, Donaldson, one through five, every day, no matter what. I'd like to see that for the White Sox every single day. Uh, I understand the Sunday yeah, lineup. Too. What's that? I, I wouldn't play Sunday lineup. Screw you, too. I'm not hey, You're not playing unless you're in my set lineup for, for a month. That's it. I, I don't I, care. If Robert like bats that. third like he is today, if I want him at third, he's batting third the whole month. If you want sheets, if you, the day I write in Sheets' name that he's good enough to bat, to play play in the lineup that I'm going to stick with, keep him where he's at, wherever you bat him. You know, I'd probably put Vaughn sixth, maybe seventh. Okay, I wouldn't move him past that. Same. You know, but Larusa used to bat the pitcher eight, so you know when he was in the National League. So I was going to ask you about the Toronto Blue Jay, uh, Toronto uh, uh, Maple Leaf thing. You know that you have on there. Yeah, I, I don't know if you're. You mad at yourself or something? I mean, it's been a rough go for those young men. You know that. Yeah. Are you a so, Toronto fan? No, I'm I mean, a New Jersey. It's a long time. Yeah, it's a long time. I'm a New Jersey Devils fan. I do all Chicago sports except hockey. I mean, I like the Blackhawks, but you know, when I was growing up, they weren't on TV, so I I followed the teams that were better. I was bandwagoner back then, and it stuck with me as yeah. I was an adult. I'm paying for it now because they've sucked for the last decade. They haven't won a playoff series <laughs> since 2012 either. But the Toronto Maple Leafs. We have our hockey show on Wednesday. Um, my brother is my co-host and my cousin, Frank. Yeah. And uh, I kind of took the Leafs, and they were ripping on me. And I'm like, this is the year. They're, they're just kind of like – I kind of started riding with them, if you know what I mean. Like Never is. From out of town. They have the best goal scorer I've ever seen. I mean – Absolutely. You saw Wayne Gretzky. He was near the end of his playing time by the time I came around. But Alexander Ovechkin's going to break – Ovechkin's – or he's going to break Gretzky's record in a couple years, I believe. Right. I think Austin yeah. Matthews is capable of breaking Ovechkin's eventual record. But the Leafs, they just seem cursed. I don't know if you buy into this, like, other beings impacting sports. You saw it with the Cubs for 108 years until they finally did it. The Leafs, man. They, they're they the one team so well. in sports. I, I picked against them. I knew they were going to lose game seven. They're the team in sports where the players actually feel the weight of failures. Of seasons past. That's fair. I don't think the Cubs ever felt that. I just don't think the Cubs, from 69, in other words, 
The Cubs from 84 didn't really blow it because of what happened in 69. It didn't really creep into their heads. They read about how long it had been and stuff like that. Uh, but they didn't perform when they had to. The same with the 90 Cubs, the 93 Cubs, stuff like that. Toronto actually skates out there. And when they're skating out there, they have the Maple Leafs players from the past with them. Normie Ullman from the 60s skating out with them. Come on out here. You know, uh, Davey Keon, you know, they're skating against the 60s Maple Leafs who were always, always stepchildren to the Montreal Canadiens back in the heyday. Okay. Um, yeah. Tim Horton waves to him the ghost of Tim Horton. We're never winning anything. We're never, and they skate out there and they perform in the playoffs like they've never played. That's true. And they, that about sums it up, right? I, I mean, I've absolutely left you speechless there. That was that good. Is they Eldo played, there right now? They Is played Eldo the, with you or did he leave? Uh, I think he left or he's there. He's there. See, I love when Aldo's there because I know he was laughing during that one. Believe me. Believe <laughs> me. He's so angry. Aldo knows he's got clips probably ready to cut up of me talking about the Maple Hey, Aldo. Leafs. Yes, sir. The ghost of Pete Mahovlich comes out when they're trying to win a, <laughs> a playoff game. All these bots, you know, they're away from the stands, the old Maple Leaves. They, they, they go, you know, they, they see Crunch Imlock from the Maple Leafs in the 60s, the coach like this. Just falling on their faces. Yeah, and then I got to look at that. You think these are hockey names that Vinny has never heard of before. Outside of Tim oh, Hortons, because yeah. I've been to the coffee shop. Got some hockey yeah. cards and some <laughs> some uh, uh, maple syrup donuts with bacon bits on top. It's funny that oh, you guys yeah. are talking about this, because look at my hat. The, oh, the Frankie Mueller yeah. inspired hat. Well, that was the greatest a league ever put together. Yeah, six teams. Yeah. That was it. That is the greatest league ever put together. Six teams, leave it alone. We everybody hates each other. Um, right. everybody knows how to play each other. You play 12 times a year, yeah. it's a bloodbath. Oh I mean, it, it was the greatest. And then they go, What's that about 15 teams? And I went, No, <laughs> I don't think hockey's ever recovered. Yeah, it's been. I different. mean, I saw a nine to six game last night, guys. Nine to six in a oh, playoff game, Calgary. That. Come on, man. That's not going to happen again, but they're, they're going to get feisty now because of the way the game ended with the brawls. But that Maple Leaf team, Mike, they they played as well as I've ever seen them play. That might be the best Leafs team of your lifetime. I mean that. I know they won the Cup in 67. My lifetime? Yeah. They they, they won the Cup in they 67. Won, I, I think they won in 67, in and 67. I was in eighth grade. I have a long lifetime. I have a long lifetime so far. Um, but that kind of comment gives my heart makes my heart pain. Paints my heart. You act in my lifetime. I've seen so much crap that you haven't even seen yet, Vinny. In your lifetime, though, the Toronto Blue Jays have been told they were going to win almost every single freaking year. Okay, so you're wearing your thing with pride. I understand that, you know. But but seriously, they might they might have to do something. They might have to figure out something else. They got changes coming. They're not going to fire Dubas or their GM or the coach, Sheldon Keith. But the the Lightning, they have Hall of Famers at every position. And it's just they, you play that good against them and you still lose. Florida Panthers have their, their work cut out for them. You got any hockey yep. experiences with the Blackhawks? What's what's Mike North's <laughs> hockey stories? Give me a good hockey story. Well, I'm the guy that gave Bill Wirtz the name Potter. 
<laughs> uh, I'm watching It's a Wonderful Life one night with Baby. Well, everything's with Baby now. I watching it. 90s Blackhawks are just not on TV. And I see Lion, the great Lionel Barrymore as Mr. Potter. <laughs> George, you can come work for me. Now we can take over this and then what we can over there. And then we can <laughs> run everything. What do you think, George? Well, Mr. Potter. What? And you and then he caught himself and I go, There it is. Oh my God. <laughs> Well, I'm looking for me. I'll have yourself a cigar. You know, one of the great scenes of all time. One of the great actors, both actors of all time. And I said to B, Potter. That's who Bill Wurtz is. Mr. Potter. And that next day on the score, I came on. I said, Mr. Potter. Bill Wurtz is Potter. And that name stuck with him until... I think he wanted to crucify me if he could get his hands on me. And I wrecked hell on them. I did. I From the fact they had no crowds to the fact they weren't on TV to the fact you couldn't recognize most of the Blackhawks if they walked down the street. I just crucified Bill Wirtz, and he deserved it. Him and his, his band of cutthroats, as I used to call them, uh, you know, guys like that. And uh, we only met once. We were at opposite ends of a hallway. At the old stadium, he stared at me, and I stared at him. He shook his head at me and walked away. And I walked away. I went, thank God he walked away. Bill Wurtz was a big man, an ex-Marine. I, I respected the guy, but he didn't know how to run hockey. And some, I'll say this about Rocky. They won, but their organization is so stained right now oh, that yeah. uh, for a lot of different reasons, yeah. Um, Including, you know, the Tave stuff that we didn't see him for two years. What happened to him? Nobody wants to say what happened to this guy. What happened to that guy? The McDonough, the downfall of McDonough, just a tragedy. After a, such a wonderful beginning with the new ownership. So we'll see what happens. But I don't think people look at the Blackhawks right now the same way. I really don't. No, and it's going to be a long time before they do. I mean, they're trying, they, they got these new initiatives that are trying to get themselves in the good graces with the fans, which I understand. You got a business to run. You got to try and rebuild your trust. It's not like an original six franchise is relocating anytime soon, but they got to start winning. If that, that'll, it, winning doesn't cure all, but it cures a lot. It, the new GM, he looks like he's like 18. Yeah. Right? He does. Kyle Davis. If I'm walking outside, if I'm walking outside the stadium, I'm tossing him my key going, like, it's the Cadillac. I think he's the valet. I just saw the guy. He looks like he's 20 years old. Yeah. Okay? You still need some experience. I'm sure he'll surround himself with people. But they're trying to – I heard he was an intern at one point. Yeah. You know? Was. So they stand when they fired him because of the Kyle Beach, uh, Bradley Aldridge situation, which was just well, wasn't a major – Wasn't he there? But wasn't he there? Who? There's still a lot of Blackhawk people around that were there in 2010. They canned you most of I'm them. Saying? Basically, just Taves and Kane now. Now I'm not just talking about players. A lot of people around. That's yeah, awful. sure. Even the they, hot dog vendors. The hot dog vendors. They, they Davidson was there. They fired uh, Bowman. Obviously, McDonough's gone. Quinville got the can in Florida. Uh, Chevrolet. Like Quinville. How yeah. about my guy Joe? I love Joe Quinville, but my God, this whole thing, what a tragedy. Yeah, and what a he's tragedy. Got a, he's got a long way to go before he gets back. 
I mean, he's got. Oh, really I don't. I don't know if any of them come back. Neither. I don't. Blackhawks have the Blackhawks paid any kind of price? I don't think so. They're going to um, handle it eternally. That was ridiculous. Yeah, they handled you know? it eternally. No draft picks, nothing like that. Which that's not going to undo the situation. Big taking deal. a second round pick from them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. I have no hope for their future right now. They got a long way to go. And Davidson, you brought up that he was like twenty, needs experience. He already made a major mistake. Did you catch this? The speaking of the Maple Leafs, he the Mark Andre Fleury. They were going to trade him to the Leafs, but they. Maple Leafs GM Kyle Dubas wanted it to be on the down low, as a lot of GMs do, and it leaked. And after the trade deadline, he goes, why don't you go talk to Chicago's GM about that? Already throwing him under the bus. So who's going to want to trade with him now for at least a year? Hey, man, I'm just telling you, it doesn't look good for the Blackhawks. Let's yeah. get back. Uh, let's get just some more unpleasant subjects. Like the like Bears, Mitchell baby. <laughs> like Mitchell My guy! Trubisky. Your guy. Well, the you didn't Pittsburgh think I was going to have you on and not talk. 22 hey. blue. 15, 22 blue. 52 blue. Hut, hut, hut. I'm not having Mike North on my show without bringing up Mitchell Trubisky at least once. Are you a de facto Steelers fan? I cannot believe. I, I haven't been invited to the baptism, number one. I'm not happy You didn't name him that. Mike. Didn't name the kid Mike. No. What I wanted name? them to name him something that is appropriate. I do love, love the family. Good, the baby's cute as hell, you know. And he's got he's going to start, and he's going to get an opportunity with the fifth toughest one of the. It's the second toughest schedule in football. I looked at the Pittsburgh Steelers schedule. I went like this, like oh man, if yep. Mitch wins eight games, they de- he deserves comeback player of the year if he can win eight games with that thing. But I'm not crying about the schedule. Try to win 10 games, get in the playoffs, then you don't have to worry about next year. As far as the Bears are concerned, I looked at the Bears' schedule, and I all know, we know about who, when you trade up in the draft or when you – I don't care who's on your team. If Justin Fields can't win six to seven games with that schedule, which is the fourth easiest schedule in the league, I looked at it, Vinny. Now, I know we got guys that couldn't have played at Ohio State when he played there, okay? But I know the I'm looking at it as an easy schedule. Well, so are the Bear opponents looking at the Bears as an easy schedule. But I thought I saw the Falcons on there. I thought I saw the Jets on there. Yep. I thought I saw the Lions twice on there. Yep. I thought I saw the Giants on there, and I'm going, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Am I a Justin Fields guy? Do I think that maybe, regardless of what happened with my guy Mitch, that if he's worth all that to move up, regardless of the narrative we're hearing, oh, he doesn't have a lot around him now. Yeah, okay. Mitch had Taylor Gabriel's first year. Welcome to, welcome to the dance. He had Trey Burton. Hello, I'm not playing the playoff game. You know, that garbage. I might take both overs. I might take the over seven and a half Pittsburgh and the over six and a half Bears. Wow. I think the worst that can happen is one and one. Maybe field surprises. I don't know. Maybe the schedule does look that easy. Some of the teams they're playing suck. Atlanta sucks. The Jets suck. The Bears got enough on defense to make these games competitive. Now, can Fields hold on to the football? Because he fumbled a lot last year. Can he hold on to the ball? Don't self-inflict wounds. Keep it simple. He's got 
the odds are stacked against the Bears, and I think the odds might be stacked against Mitch and the Steelers because it's hard for me to fathom that they've never had a losing season under Tomlin, but yet it's only seven and a half. So I think they're going off the reputation of what's happened with Big Ben. He's gone, and Mitch Trubisky is the new guy, and he's got not the most sparkling reputation. If you're going to go by wins in regular season, he won 60% of his games, you got a chance. You got a chance. But it's going to be an interesting season. The, the debate going on, it's never going away. Between the way that you make this debate go away, Vinny, one of these two guys stands on his head and just puts on a show of shows to shut the other guy up. How will you react if they go five and what, what would it be? Five and twelve. I'm not going to math the seventeen now. The Bears and Steelers. Five and twelve. Let's pretend they go five and twelve. But Fields he averages three hundred yards a game, three touchdowns, one interception per game. You know, a pretty good season for Justin Fields looked promising, but the Bears suck, and it's clearly because of their roster. How would you react? Uh, to that? Well, well, if he's throwing three touchdowns and one interception for three hundred yards, they're going twelve and five. I'm okay. telling you because they're going to be running the football too. If you're going to put those, if and I'll be the first to say, "Son of a bitch, you son of a gun, you look what you did. You finally got me. Nobody else could. Cutler couldn't get me. I told him, no, 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 Cutler, no, fifty-seven to fifty-seven, or or the other guy falls. No, no, yes, yes, no, please, no, falls. All these guys, Dalton. No, I didn't want Dalton. Yeah, you did want Dalton. No. So if Fields does that, you son of a gun, you, good for you. And I'm a Bear fan, and I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong. When I'm wrong, I'll say it. Well, I don't have to say I'll be wrong. I'll be told I was wrong. Just like I haven't told, I have to go generic because so many Bear fans have been wrong about the quarterback situations. It's Cutler. It's pathetically sad. And I, but I'll give him now. If let me ask you the question. If the Steelers go eight and nine, you get the over with the seven and a half, but they fall short, they miss by a game. And Trubisky has good stats. I'm still not going to be satisfied. I'll use his stats as 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 collateral on the argument. But I think both play I think one of these players, either Trubisky makes the playoffs and then all fans will shut up, or Fields makes the playoffs, or they both do. I was at the Buffalo Bear preseason game at Bourbon Street with all the EFPN guys. Carm, Sylvie, all the guys, Vinny. They were all in shock the way Trubisky just ate them alive. And it was sort of like a precursor. I said, hmm, it's only a preseason game, but it wasn't that way for the, for the Bills who knew Mitch was on a mission. And Nagy didn't have his team ready. And they were embarrassed. But nobody, you could have heard a pin drop except for me, because I bet the game. And the Bears were getting, I mean, Bills were getting points. So we'll see what happens. But if, let's say the Bears are two and two and Pittsburgh's two and two, after after four games, it's going to be all good. I want the Bears to succeed. I'm with you on everything you said. At the end of the day, you just want, you don't want to be right or wrong. I want the Bears to be good for me. But I will say this. I was listening to the Mike North Advantage. It might have been a month or two ago. It was one of your surprise episodes when he signed with Pittsburgh. 
He's 29 and 21 in his NFL career. I think there is a 0% chance that Justin Fields starts his career through what's 29 plus 21. I, like I said, so bad at math. That's 50%. 50%. I'll tell you this right now. It's 50. I'll give no you this, shot. Benny. No shot he if has he that kind has of record. The stats, people think it was just the defense in 2018. Look at Mitch Trubisky's statistics. He made the Pro Bowl. He had 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He's Look, if, if Fields has that year, they'll have a parade. They'll have a statue built, and he won't be a he won't be a bust. But he's not going to have that. He's not going to have that. And I think this is a coming out party for Mitch. He's eighty to one. Even I'll, I'll talk Aldo into this. I'll talk you into this. He's eighty to one to be Super Bowl MVP. Let's put a buck <laughs> down each. Come on. Then we'll go. We'll go to. We'll go to Buffalo Wild Wings and have a have a spread. I'm in. But it's going to be fun. I mean, I like Pittsburgh's team. I think they have a really good defense. And Big Ben, here's what I'll say. Mitch, whatever he is, is an upgrade over a thousand-year-old Big Ben. And I like this? the running back. I like the running back. I was disheartened to see that Big Ben averaged 6.2 yards a, a pass. I went like this. I go, wow. The guy made the playoffs. Yeah, that's a winner. That's true. Tomlin made the playoffs 6.2. I look at Justin Fields, 6.9. 6.9. But then I looked at Mitch, the same type of thing. The play calling has been atrocious. Yep. It's been atrocious. <clears throat> Mitch overcame it. Can Justin? We'll see what happens. I sure hope so. Um, I I really, really want this team to do good. I just I, – I came out. I want the Bears to win, just like I wanted the Sox to win. You know, this nonsense. Oh, let's trade Mankata for Chris Sale. They won the World Series because of Chris Sale, one of the reasons, Boston. Yeah, 100%. Mancada, I said he better hit 300. He better become a gold glover to trade Chris Sale. And guess what? He's not. Yeah. He's, he's not. not. He can't stay on the field. He's a 230 hitter. But I would ask you this. Chris Sale's going to come off the disabled list, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. You're 100%. a big White Sox fan, huh? Yeah, he'll be off probably mid-June. Right. Would you trade Sale? Would you trade Mankata back for Sale right now if you were the White Sox? I don't have to throw in Kopech? Nope. The only reason I'm going to say no, oh. Oh. You, I, I, the only, I don't like what I saw from Sale last year, Mike. He was brutal. Yeah, but he went through surgery. I get you. He did so, go through surgery, but he's not healthy now. Mankata's not hasn't been healthy this year. For Christ's sake, that, the guy, I think he hurt fair. himself dancing. I think you he heard himself dancing. He had the, the video. I dance along with it. I love the uh, song. I listen to well, it. I all love the, the video. Time. Got eight yeah. girls waiting down there waving to him. Like, Come on, in your dreams. I don't care who you are. Magic didn't have eight waving, maybe six. Uh, but, but but it's a great video. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think he pulled a muscle. Maybe. I, I, my favorite, they got Huh? They got Kopech out of it, and they have a one through four in the rotation that I like. Pitching hasn't been the problem; it's been offense. So the Mankata yeah. argument, I just don't know what Sale would do for them. Okay, what's Mankata going to do for you? He's going to hit. I hope he hits two eighty. I like the kid, but I mean, he's got to he's got to stay healthy, and so does Eloy. I mean, yeah. I, these guys are getting hurt young, young, and that's not a good sign. And it's especially not. Eloy. He's played 110 games in three years. 
You know, and he's got, and he's got 60 home runs in those games. Right. I he's, a, he's an unreal hitter. He's an un- great. Okay. Uh, that's fine. We You play one out of 10 games and let's go yep. you be. You got to play more. That's all. That's why they want him on the field more because of those stats that you just gave me. It doesn't do us any good if he's on the bench. So we'll see what happens. That 100 for Justin Fields to VMVP and you could win 8,000. That's another one. Parlay parlay that with Trubisky winning Super Bowl MVP. Oh, you'll have 100 for Trubisky to win MVP and go yippee. Listen, (laughs) let me tell you. Here's my dream. You want my dream? You ready? Yep. Mitch beats Mahomes in the playoffs. X that ass off. Get out of here. And then we play the Bears with Fields. The Bears against the Steelers with Mitch and Fields. There's no argument. Everybody did well. I can't, you can't. I know I couldn't lose. I think. I gotta be honest. I'd be happy for Mitch if Pittsburgh won, but I'd be pissed that the Bears lost. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But that's the dream scenario. So long to to Patrick Mahomes, the guy that everybody wanted, even though it was Deshaun Watson that everybody wanted. Yeah. They didn't want I mean, Patrick Mahomes. Clemson beats Alabama twice. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bears, the Bears said hi to him from Zoom like this yeah. and said, get away. Uh, but yeah, he's got bigger problems right now. But yeah. Mahomes we beat, and then Mitch versus Fields. That would be the biggest watched, I know, in Chicago. That would have been, that would be over 85, man. That would be over 85. The 2006 Chiefs. was a snore fest. Yeah, it was. It was all. Yeah. It was we all won, the we got to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. Come on now. It was Devin Hester returning kicks and Cedric Benson and Thomas Jones running the ball all over everyone's throat. But you know, if, you almost have Vin, you almost have a full beard right now since we started. Your oh, I know. It, it grew it, it grew in since we started. I had just shaved right before now. It's I all love you, Jenny. it's all I love you. Your brother your, your brother hasn't been seen for days. Is everything good? Did he pay the guy? What's going on? You know what? I'm not too sure. I'm gonna have to give him a call after this goes <laughs> over and make sure that he's not caught in the gangway. Um the, really quick, before I let you go, I want to ask you yeah. opinion one more thing on the sure, NFL. Anything. The Chiefs have a really hard schedule, one through nine. It's like one of the hardest schedules in the NFL. It's a first place They schedule. got eight teams in a row that have winning records. Exactly, and it's it's going to yeah. be tough. They got Mahomes making all this money now. The roster's taking a hit because of it. The defense is probably going to be a little worse. I still think Mahomes is going to be Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, Would it shock you look, if look, uh, look. I saw that – I see the Dodgers get – Get Freddie Freeman. I don't care if I own the Atlanta Braves. You're not leaving. You're not leaving. Yeah. I, you 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 got to stay here. You're the franchise, right? Offer him whatever. If these teams let people walk away, okay, and expect them to be like they were. You lost Freddie Freeman. You can't lose quality players. That's how the 85 Bears got ruined. They lost quality players. Wilbur Marshall. We would have repeated. Numer- I mean, we would have been in more playoffs. Willie Gott got rid of him. Wilbur Marshall got rid of him. I mean, we got rid of Hilgenberg. We got rid of everybody. You got to keep these players in the town that you're playing. I think it's sad that Freddie Freeman signed with the Dodgers. I it is. They got a nice consolation prize with Olsen. He's a really He's good hitter. He's struggling. He is struggling. struggling. Out of the game. 
So are the Braves, though. And this was the theme yeah. with the Braves last year. But why are they struggling? Numbers. Freddie Freeman's not. If Freddie Freeman's on Atlanta, maybe they're not struggling as much. Yeah. It's just tough. It's tough to follow a guy like Freddie Freeman. Absolutely. You know what I mean? No it matter really how is. you are. But yeah. do you think the Steelers could have better record than the Chiefs? I do. That, that, that schedule yeah, is brutal. Yeah, my point was Tyreek Hill. You can't let Tyreek Hill walk. No. you got I. You got to figure out a way to keep him. Yep. He saved Mahomes' ass numerous times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Chiefs. Mahomes keeps plays alive, but he has not. He's digressed the last. I mean, if he can digress, I mean, I'd take him in a heartbeat. I, I, they're a playoff caliber team with him at quarterback. I think yeah. that when you got a quarterback, you got a shot at making the playoffs. If you don't, you want you don't have a shot. I agree with you. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. I'm really intrigued. The AFC is as intriguing as it's ever been. I think the NFC is going to have the usual suspects at top. Green Bay, uh, Los Angeles, uh, Tampa, uh, uh, San Francisco, I guess. Maybe the AFC is well, much more intriguing. If they start Trey Lance, it's almost like, are you out of your mind? You got Jimmy G. I'm sorry. His thumb's going to heal. You cannot start a second-year guy who hardly played. Wait, you agree right? with me on that? Your 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 team, Jimmy yep. G, on that? Oh, big time! I almost I compared so to Trubisky. For that. I I almost compared to Trubisky. I mean, Lance could sit another year. They did. They got to the Final Four last year. I think I'm it's sorry. worse than Trubisky. Jimmy G's been in the AFC or the NFC title game two of the last three years, both years. Right. I, right. So so either way you want to cut it. The quarterback that takes over for Jimmy G still going to have pressure on him in the regular season, man. Yep. You know, I, I'm not. I'm out to di- lunch on Baker Mayfield. I don't know what's going on there. I'll um, trade him to. I someone think they who... overpaid big time for Deshaun Watson, big time. Um, but that's going to be a mess. Yeah, I mean that whole situation. Yeah. Sometimes you're set at quarterback and you think you're not, and uh, you want to move on. I've seen that forever. I saw that with the uh, Ravens when. Brian Billick had um, Trent Dilfer. Hey. They made they won the Super Bowl. He just managed the ball. Yeah, he had a great defense. They won. He says, I, "I'm an offensive guy. I want Elvis Gerback." Worst quarterback to ever win the Super Bowl. That's what they Brad say. Brad Johnson might be up there. Yeah, yeah. Rex Jeff Grossman. Hustler. Rex Grossman was a, a fourth quarter choke away from that distinction. <laughs> I mean, if you're Peyton Manning, that's your big one. Come on. Yeah. yeah, and then the other Super Bowl you got is you got lucky that Cam Newton didn't jump on yeah. the football in the end. That's all. Yeah, I never, you know, Peyton Manning to me. I mean, for all the juice that the media gave him, five MVPs. I'm sorry, the resume doesn't impress me. As yeah, far as the, it doesn't. The, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't impress me. I mean, Troy Aikman won more. I mean, come yeah. on. So that's just the way it is. Top three regular season quarterback ever. The goat is Tom. I'm taking the seven Super Bowls all day. Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I see that. Uh, and then he signs a stupid contract. Let me tell you something. I remember when Joe Montana got a big deal to do TV. Okay. He was absolutely deplorable. <laughs> he was so boring. We didn't give a shit. And the same thing's going to happen with Brady. You think? I don't know. I think, I think Brady got signed for corporate events, golf outings. You know, with the big wigs, the the advertisers. I I I'm sorry, Tom Brady's in the booth. So what? I play a set list now. They're so bad. You know, 
I play music while the the games are on now. Everybody thinks all the announcers are great. I think they're just okay, you know. I hope Tom's good. He's one of those guys that's been good at everything his whole life. I want to see him be good in the booth. We'll see. Hopefully you're not yeah. playing records. Before we go, I know I said that once before, but I want one more one more story. What's the best sporting event you've ever been to? You looking back at all the games you've ever been to, what one sticks out the most that just made you feel the most joy? Whether it be your favorite team winning or there being I an would say the bowl. I would say I would say one of the Bulls game uh, ones, but they had so many. Yeah, I would say the White Sox World Series win because we didn't. Go, I didn't go to the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, but the one I went to, I mean the one I watched, you'll never see like the the White Sox actually had four complete games. Yeah, in the World Series, mm-hmm. you'll never see that again. Put Sednick's home run, the game five, Homer. It's raining. Eldo loves Eldo lights a fire when I start telling stories. I know he does. Game five. <laughs> game five. The rain's pelting us. I'm with BB and my buddy Phil Dunn. I'm going, let's get out of here. And BB says, Are you out of your mind? I go, You're a cup fan. What do you care? She goes, I may never see one of these. That's a World Series game. We're not leaving. I go, okay. She shut me down. That's it. The rain's pelting away. Here comes Pitt Sednick. I still don't believe the ball went out. I still, I was sitting about 20th row up the right side of home plate. He hits the ball and it started out low. I go, it's going to go off the wall. It's going to go off the wall. And all of a sudden it just rolls into like the first, the first or second row. I the couldn't chair's believe blue. It. Greatest the chair's single still blue. Oh, yeah. It was just great. It was great. That was awesome. I enjoyed that. Um, you know, I went to all the Peyton games. I went to all the Jordan games. So, I mean, I saw a lot of great. We had the greatest superstars. I saw went to Bobby Hall games, Ernie Banks games. You didn't lose. Awesome. You didn't lose. You know, Bobby yeah. Jenks, look at him. Bobby Jenks, who I was in a Boston pub with uh, one night. (laughs) And, yeah, a lot of off-speed stuff. Got to be careful. Very good. He, well, we're at a bar, and he ordered, like, 40 Jägermeisters. You know, the bar, it it spilled onto the tray, some of it. He drank it off the tray. Bobby Jenks. What a guy. You there? Yeah, you were lagging for a little minute there. I, I was hearing a story about Bobby Jenks in Boston. Are you there? Bobby Jenks, yeah. Bobby Jenks, baby. He he was a drinker. Enjoyed I've heard that. I've heard he that. He liked Jägermeister. Yeah, that, he liked Jägermeister. That's interesting. Well, Mike, I can't thank you enough for coming on our show. I know we're running this. Time to go. They here. cut me off already. Yeah. Tell them uh, not enough. Yeah, he's like, get this guy. No, I'm kidding. I, I've enjoyed it a lot. It's been great to sit here and talk sports with you. I, <laughs> I saw you go on Redline Radio, and that's when I was like, all right, I got to get Mike on my show now. I want to get yeah. Carl on, too. Well, I appreciate so. that. It, it's always good to be on with you, Vinny, and Eldo, too. Absolutely. Take um, care, buddy. Uh, you, too, Mike. It, it was a pleasure talking to you. And, everybody, that's our show, Crosstown Crosstalk. It was a very big pleasure talking to Mike North and talking to him about sports. I mean, we got into everything. That was as good as I've ever wanted. So, Mike, thank you very much. Aldo, 
thank you for presenting me with that opportunity and it was a great time. So I hope everybody enjoys the rest of the week. You can catch Mike on the Mike North Advantage when he does his show on the Barroom Network. And, of course, I'll be back with everybody and the South Burbs Hitman on Monday night talking White Sox. Hopefully they're able to pull off this comeback victory over the Kansas City Royals and take this series. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs>